legendary Texas oil man T. Boone Pickens rolled out a new energy plan this week to reduce U.S. dependence on foreign oil. It involves wind and solar power. Today we'll talk about the Pickens plan and solutions the presidential candidates are offering to solve the energy problem. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Well, Jed Clampett's black gold is looking more and more like uh, the LaBray tar pits. As we get further and further into this economy, people are complaining more and more uh, about our dependence on foreign oil and our dependence on oil products to begin with. Now, you let government get as involved in our lives as it automatically tends to become. And you'll know what a tar pit really is, because there's nothing going to be more oppressive than if we let the fears that are running through our economy and our society right now take over and cause us just to start nodding and saying, oh, yeah, whatever you say, we'll do it. We just we just want to get out of this problem. Just don't leave us in this problem. I mean, for crying out loud. Okay, I'm going to calm down for a minute. We'll get back to it in a second. The point is, Phil Graham recognized some true things going on in our economy. He remembered some things that had happened back in the 70s and some things that were said that we hope to get back to at the very end of the program today. But he remembered those things, and he made the statement uh, that we were becoming a nation of whiners. Now, I don't know why he would say that. I don't know anybody in our country who would be a whiner or just complain about things because they're not getting everything they want or because we have to knuckle down and make some effort in order to accomplish. I don't know anybody in our country like that. But he said we were uh, something like a nation of whiners. And that what we were going through, or are going through, is a mental recession. And, uh, of course, if you say things like that and you're working for a presidential candidate, then you put your presidential candidate in an uncomfortable position of having to deal with why on earth he would let people be in his service who are going to speak the truth without a consideration for whether people want to hear it or not. That's just ridiculous. I don't know what former Senator Graham was thinking when he said all of that. So he's a smart guy. He's got a Ph.D. in economics. I've admired him for decades and appreciate the fact that he was willing to say it. But, of course... Senator McCain, whom I like in so many ways and who I am so glad is running for president, at least now I am glad he's running for president, had to distance himself from those statements. Here's what he said. I don't agree with Senator Graham. I believe that the the person here in Michigan that just lost his job isn't suffering from a mental 
recession. I believe the, the mother here in Michigan around America who is trying to get enough money to educate their children isn't whining. America is in great difficulty and we are experiencing enormous economic challenges as well as others. Phil Graham does not speak for me. I'm really going to have to rein myself in here because I'm wanting to say so many things right now, and so few of them would probably have the right spirit for this program. But I'm telling you, I understand where Senator McCain is coming from and why he had to say what he did. I understand wanting to avoid the appearance of being Jesse Ventura and saying to some woman in an audience, I don't have to pay for your children, that kind of thing. I understand that. We want to feel your pain. We want to be able to identify with with what people are going through and be able to say, I understand and I'm compassionate. Uh, Listen, you know, I take the TRE and I ride the rail and I ride buses and it's not because I want to. It's because I need to sometimes. It's just cheaper. And I like doing it because it's cheaper. I don't like doing it because of the crowds or because of the amount of time it takes or because of those. But just because. So I understand saying to a public who's facing the kinds of things I'm facing, the kinds of things you're facing, saying, hey, I feel your pain. I understand what you're going through and I want to solve your problem. The only thing is I just really don't want him to solve my problem. I don't want anybody I can think of in the federal government to get anywhere close to my problems. I just don't want them around them. Okay, so I told you I'm going to have to rein myself in. The point is today that we need to talk about this issue of energy policy in our country. It's becoming such common terminology. It's as if people actually believe we have to have a government policy for energy or we're just going to fall apart. If we're going to have a government policy for energy, it ought to be that we're not going to have have a government policy for energy. Now, I'll explain what I mean by that in a second. I understand the absurdity with which some of you are hearing that, but the reality is it's closer to the truth than it is to error. Well, there are a lot of ways that the energy crisis right now is affecting us. I'm going to get right to this. Now, and let me just pause for a second and say to you, you're thinking about pushing a button and saying, I'm not going to listen to this. I wanted to listen to a Christian worldview radio. There's a reason that we need to talk about this today, because the pressure for government to come and take away the individual freedoms that allow us as a country to be the kind of country that we are, one that respects the rights of every individual, including the free practice of our religion. And I mean, and that's not an indirect line to get there, a direct line to get there. The pressures on the government to break in and break down those freedoms is immense. And it doesn't matter where it is that the water can come in. If there's a crack, the water's coming in. And when the economy's bad, people will vote for a Hitler to solve their problems in the economy. Now, I'm not saying we have a Hitler running. I didn't say that. Are you listening to the words I'm saying? I didn't say we have a Hitler running. I said in the early 1930s, people did vote for a Hitler because their economy was bad and because he was willing to say the things they wanted to hear. So let's do better than that. And let's maintain the ability to see what's happening, to understand what's going on, but find a solution that respects the very principles on which our country was founded and has worked pretty well since. So I understand that this affects us personally. It does. It affects me personally. It it impacts my wallet and my budget and my ability to make ends meet when I've got to pay $4 a gallon for gas. All of us have to worry about that. This is what makes Graham's comment so offensive to us. Oh, it's not a mental recession. I'm having to pay too much. Well, it's not a literal recession. 
We haven't met the requirements for it to be described as a recession, and that's all Phil Graham was saying, and then we've chosen this mental attitude about it. Well, I want to ask you about how the price of energy right now, the price of gasoline because of the price of oil, because of the speculation in the markets, I want to ask you how that has affected you. How are you adjusting to those higher prices? Have you cut back on your driving? Have you had to change, uh, you know, I mean, how much are you spending on electricity in the house? Are you cutting back on your air conditioning? What are you doing to change? you change your vacation plans? Did you change your commute to work? Are you carpooling with somebody? Are you doing the exact same thing you used to do and cutting back on Slurpees instead? Now, that's an honest acknowledgement of the fact that it's 7-Eleven today. We just had to say something about a Slurpee somewhere in there. Anyway, the second question is going to have to do not just with our personal problems that come out of this energy uh, expense that we're facing right now, but a national problem instead. Now, I'm going to give out the number right now, and I know we're probably not going to get to it in this first segment, but if you want to call and tell us about this, I'd love to hear it. How has it changed? How have have the energy prices uh, caused you to make some kind of adjustment? Have you looked for a hybrid car? I'd be, I'd be curious to hear that. Have you gone out and said, hey, I want to buy one of these hybrid cars instead of uh, one of these gas guzzlers? Have you bought a smaller car instead of a bigger car? Whatever's changed there. So if you're interested in calling, you want to share with us what you've done to adjust things because of the price of oil. And I'm curious about hearing this not only so others can hear what you've done or not done, but also because it does affect uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is a free market, which is the only way to respect individuals in a free society. Anyway, the number is 1-800-881-9270. I encourage you to call. Share with us, number one, personally, how have you had to make adjustments to the higher prices? Again, the number is one 800 8819270 but secondly it doesn't just affect us personally it affects us nationally also now before i get to explaining how it affects us nationally you already know this but i just want to say it so we have it all on the table today i want to hear um, i want to hear what adjustments for uh, steve from arlington has called steve i appreciate your calling i appreciate your willingness to uh, share some of your thoughts with us how have you made adjustments personally to uh, you know these gas prices well, I'm a I'm a retiree from bought aircraft. Okay. And, uh, uh, I, I work as a contract engineer, and my right. my goal was to work a few months out of the year and augment my retirement and and uh, enjoy the rest of the time as Good a retiree. Deal. But yeah. now I'm I find myself working almost full time as a contract. Right. Know? So yeah, boy. Uh, to to supplement that re, that retirement, and I expect that will uh, continue uh, for a while. I assume you consider yourself vastly blessed that you have a skill you can sell basically at will. I really do. I really do <laughs> consider that, and uh, God is blessed, and I'm uh, I'm. I'm you know, I couldn't be happier that I had that opportunity. Well, you know, one of the rules of economics is that the interest of the individual doesn't always correspond one-to-one with the interest of the society. So if it makes you feel any better, I'm just going to say we're grateful that you're having to put into the economy the stuff that you were going to withhold from us before, even though I wish you could be free and just play golf all the time or whatever it is you wish you could do. Steve, I really do want to say thanks for your willingness to contribute to the economy. Also, though, thanks for calling. That was a great call. Uh, That is a sacrifice that you're having to make. The reality is you've put into the economy everything you owed to it. That's why you're able to retire right now. So I'm just teasing about what I was saying a minute ago. But I am serious to everybody. This affects the way people are living. And uh, if you're working a few extra months out of the year because you're trying to supplement your retirement income, that changes your life. It changes what's going on with you. So I understand that. I just don't want us to take and run and jump from there to the conclusion that the federal government needs to step in and they need to rescue us and they need to help us. So uh, I'm going to get a couple of more of these before we go uh, to the national issue 
issue also since we've got, yeah, the sky is not falling. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. The sky is not falling, even though it may feel like it sometimes when you're going to the pump. It may actually feel like the sky is crushing you while you're putting gas into your tank and watching the numbers roll. But the reality is it is not falling. Okay, let's go to Salado uh, with Reynolds. I appreciate your calling in. Thanks for your patience. And uh, what adjustments have you made? Well, uh, Dr. Kramer, thanks for taking my call. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thanks I for calling. way back. I bought a... Uh, Toyota Prius seven years ago in driving, ah. yeah. So I've been enjoying the benefits of uh, yeah. that increased fuel economy. A little foresight. So I, I really I can't do anything much more to uh, adjust my driving habits because uh, that just requirements of work. But I, I will say this: your opening uh, monologue, if you want to call it that, <laughs> uh, chuckle because uh, I, you and I are dinosaurs uh, in America today. Because <laughs> oh, I feel uh, much believe, better now. We believe like that. And uh, that we don't want government in our in our oh, nose and yeah. trying to cure all of our problems. Oh man! So uh, many of your many of your uh, listeners will agree with you, but some of them will not. You're right. And I'll say I'll say this one point, then I'll hang up. Uh, recently, Barack Obama made the comment that he was not troubled by the fact that uh, energy prices had gone up, specifically uh, yeah, gasoline, yeah, yeah. but that it had gone up so fast. Right. Well, so that that doesn't show the great deal of compassion and the like that uh, yeah. you know many would like to hear, but. Uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, McCain threw Phil, uh, Senator Phil Graham under the bus right, because right. he would he would appear to be insensitive right. uh, to the American public if he didn't. That's right. And uh, both candidates will do the same thing. They'll throw. No, I agree. You know, Everybody but their mother underneath the bus. Uh, you, like you, you're exactly right. And Reynolds, that was a great call. Thank you so much for calling in. And I just want to say to my fellow dinosaur, thank you so much for not falling into a tar pit yet, although we're likely to do so soon. But the reality is, I'm just going to stand here and say it over and over again, uh, that we need a free market. We need to trust the free market. We need to understand why the free market works. And it's not a magic thing. It's just a necessary truth about products and goods and services and the way they work. I'm going to try to squeeze in. Oh, we oh, we'll never. Yeah, we can. Jeremy, I'm going to give you like 15 or 20 seconds to tell me what adjustments you've made. Thanks so much for calling. Glad to join you in Dallas. Jeremy. Well, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm a newlywed. Uh, me and my wife are making some adjustments. Okay. Uh, okay. And, you know, as we speak, one of the adjustments that we're making right now uh, is, of course, uh, we're no longer uh, commuting this far. We're actually relocating. Now, we're renters right now. We uh-huh. haven't got a home yet. We're going to we're about two okay. years out from that, but we've uh, we definitely uh, moved uh, a lot closer to where we uh, sure. do our jobs. Uh, luckily, we work in the same city, but we were commuting about forty-five minutes uh, Great. You know, to, uh, to to and from work uh, every single day. Well, listen, now that's... we're about five to ten minutes away from work. That's going to conserve. Yeah, see, that's support. a smart move, Jeremy. That that is the right thing to do, and I appreciate your calling not only because that's a smart adjustment for you to make, but also because it gives us a great segue to the next segment. Because the less you drive, the less you're buying, and the more product there is for others, and the more the price goes down, and the free market works. Come back on Jerry Johnson Live. I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. 
Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit chriswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, we're talking about the uh, price of gas at the pump and uh, what we ought to do about our dependence on foreign oil as a nation and then how to think about the growing international consumption of that resource, which has a lot to do with the price of it right now. Now, we haven't gotten very far into that process, but the first question we're trying to ask people is just how it's affected them. What have you had to adjust? And we've got callers on the line we're going to get to in just a second. First thing I want to do is play one bit of audio because uh, the first thing we have to consider is the sitting president, and he has a plan for how we ought to get ourselves out of this immediate crisis for the moment. And, uh, you know, it involves, well, what do you think? Producing more resources. One of the main reasons why gasoline prices are up up is because uh, crude oil prices are up. And one reason crude oil prices are up is because uh, demand is outstripping supply. And that's where we are right now. Demand is outstripping supply. Prices go up until uh, the demand goes back down to where it matches the supply and uh, based on the value of the uh, product that's being It's a very simple thing. Now, along the way, I want us to take the next step in just a moment. He's talking about what we ought to be doing as a nation differently. Uh, T. Boone Pickens has recommended a plan that you've been seeing probably in commercials, TV commercials, radio spots. I've been hearing them. And uh, he's promoting a specific plan that I want to talk about in just a second. But before we do first... I want to go to Sharon in Keller and ask you what adjustments you've had to make because of the prices of uh, oil right now. Well, thank you for taking my call. Sharon, I'm, thanks for I'm calling. an ordinary housewife, first of all, so mine aren't big things necessarily. But okay. one thing I think that's really important is to evaluate the decisions we're making if they're out of fear. Because if you listen Boy, to you things right. on the news and right. you react out of fear rather than common sense, you're a lot of times not going to make good decisions. So yeah. the question is... Where I live, what can I do? And there are some things that we've done. My husband and I, he retired at 53. Okay. And we changed our life because we wanted to make some adjustments to enjoy life itself more. And there's some things, you know, like with buying a small car. Sure. Some of the things they're suggesting you do. If you put that to paper and you already have, let's say, a car that's paid for, you need to know in black and white how much it's going to save you to make some of the adjustments that the the government suggested. How long ago did you buy a smaller car? Well, actually, we did not. um, I have an SUV, but it gets actually gets 21 on the road. That counts. But we have looked at smaller cars. No, but it'll work. A 21-mile-per-gallon SUV is pretty good economy for an SUV. Right, and how you drive it. But, you know, there's a lot of things. uh, I'm a product of the 60s, and there's a lot of things that we've become entitled to. This is a very small thing, but I really wash plastic baggies not because i have to but be, no i don't <laughs> no i understand I that grandbabies and those sound really silly no no because let's just be real clear here do you like do you feel like you're saving greenland from uh, defrosting because you're doing this yes. or are you just saving I, some money i think i'm saving some money well, and sure. I think i'm saving trees i mean it's just like <laughs> like our laundry room lights on and off listen you There's can have two trees out of my front yard right oh, now don't you do right that. now, you, you can have money. them. You come over and cut them down, and they're yours. No. They're pine trees, and I hate the straw from them. Those things make a difference. And you know what? <laughs> we travel all over the world, and there are a lot of things that we say that are necessities, sure. and we whine about sure. shame on us. 
Yeah, sure. I, I, I agree 100%. In fact, I'm just going to throw in, Sharon. Thank you for an excellent call, Sharon. That was great. I'm just going to throw in that when I was in India and I was asking them what the prices were, when you converted it back to American dollars, they were paying $4 a gallon uh, three years ago, or uh, let's see, it would have been four years ago, and then again two years ago when I went to India. And so, uh, you know, I'm not surprised at all that we're paying $4 a gallon. I mean, the, the market is international, and it's not surprising that the prices are going to match up across the world eventually, except in those places where you've got some knucklehead like Hugo Chavez, who fixes the prices for his own people and cheats the market. It's sort of like fixing a traffic light so that it's stuck on green so your guys can go through all the time and the other people have to wait. It's not going to work right if you do that. So that kind of ruins the whole market. Now, Sharon, I just, again, want to thank you for an excellent call uh, from Keller. We're going to get to the next caller in just a moment. Uh, Now, that should free up one line for us. So if you're interested in calling, telling us how you've had to adjust or if you want to comment on national policy in general about energy also, I want to throw that in there. We'll give some more detail to that in a second. But you can call at 1-800-881-9270. But in the process, I just want to introduce you to uh, what's uh, called by some people this uh, Pickens plan, the idea that he has for trying to bring out something different. Here's an ad that T. Boone's Pickens, T. Boone Pick, huh? you know, I'm going to get his name right, but I don't know why. It's just a silly name to begin with. I like the guy, though, in a lot of ways, although I have some issues with his plan. Plan. Here we go. T. Boone Pickens. We don't need any more talk. We need action. And well, I'm we a talk a show host, so I'm a little. And it's got to be the top priority of the next president and the next Congress. I'm T. Boone Pickens. I've been an oil man my whole life, but this is one emergency we can't drill our way out of. Now, that statement that we can't drill our way out of it is just the opposite of what George Bush was proposing. And it's also going to let you see from the beginning, from the outset, where he's going to end up settling in this presidential campaign. Now, I know he hasn't picked a candidate. He may not even in his own mind have picked a candidate yet. But I'm going to tell you, he uh, is inclined in one direction right now because of what the two candidates are. It's as plain as the nose on your face. So we'll introduce those in just a second by uh, just mentioning to you what what T. John McCain and uh, T. uh, Barack Obama have suggested for their energy plans. Anyway, uh, I just want you to see how they compare with what Bush has been saying and with what what Pickens is suggesting we do also. And he's a major player, so I'm not minimizing this at all. In fact, we're hoping to get him on the show next week sometime or maybe the week after that. So uh, we have some folks working on that right now. But if we can, I hope I... I get to talk to him. I really do, because I want to ask him a few questions about the plan, some that make sense to me. Some some, some of these things don't make sense to me, though. Now, But for right now, let's go to uh, Maryland in Dallas. Thanks for your patience and for calling, and I'm curious to hear what adjustments you've had to make because of the price of oil. Yes, well, um, I have started carpooling to work, ah. but my employer has provided incentives for uh, their employees to carpool. Ah, good. Okay. Uh, which uh, is that if you carpool, they'll pay, they actually pay us, pay the employees if you carpool, depending on how far you have to carpool. Sure. Okay. Each, each day. Okay. And um, I've never carpooled. Um, <laughs> but you are now because it's saving you some money. 35 years. Right. And I have never carpooled, but right. this, you know, it was time. To right. consider that. Well, and good for my you. Employer made it very easy good. on finding someone who uh, lived in the area. Good. And so I think employers, and I heard them. Right. Uh, and that, and that makes sense that, that they would support some, that. 
that are doing that. Sure, there are, and there have been for quite a while. Some of them do it for purely environmental reasons, whatever. I always say when I have to carpool or whenever I ride the TRE or the rail or, or whatever, that I'm just a little disappointed I'm not contributing carbon to our comfortably warming in cli- uh, climate. But I'm still, I'm still glad to be doing it because it saves me money. You know what it makes me think of is the airlines, when they cut back on paint and they decide to use decals instead, like we were hearing yesterday on the news. When they do that, I always think to myself, well, why weren't they already doing that? I mean, didn't the millions of dollars mean anything to them before? But see, when you have a larger margin, when you're making more money, you have more disposable income, and you choose to spend it on paint instead of decals because nobody sits down and does the hard work of figuring out how you could cut back on it. There's If, if necessity is the mother of invention, I'll guarantee you that economic necessity is the mother of austerity. It teaches you how to sit down and do with less. And when you do with less, you realize you didn't have to have the more to begin with. But then, when you have some disposable income, you can spend it on that stuff again. So, Marilyn, thanks for a great call for an adjustment that you've made that makes a difference. I appreciate that. Mike, I understand we're also, uh, we've been keeping you waiting for a good while, so I appreciate your patience. Mike, what adjustments have you had to make? Uh, good afternoon. Hey, thanks uh, for calling. the opportunity to make some input. Sure, thanks for, for calling. Over a year ago, I downsized in automobiles. I had a roughly 24-mile-per-gallon SUV stolen. Uh-huh. I went to an automobile that gets roughly 35. Okay. And we're also looking to do that family-wide to make sure that we're not uh, in too large a vehicle. We'll try to match our... Right. Match the uh, apparatus to the use. Yeah, yeah, sure. But so it's also more far-reaching than that. So it goes to driving habits, pre-plan in advance before you... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cut down on the unnecessary driving. We've done a lot of that. We've done a lot of the thing where I say, hey, you're going to Target. Well, I'm going to go to the mall, or I'm going over there, and so I'll drop you at Target, and I'll go to the mall, and then I'll swing back by and pick you up on the way home. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, That just makes sense. You consolidate your trips. It also has to do with uh, driving habits such as I use use the cruise as much as possible. Sure. Just cutting down on consumption. At, uh, the speed limit, unlike the, the guy on the motorcycle yeah. just passed me. Makes perfect sense. But, and you know, you don't have to do it because it's a government policy. They don't have to have a law that says you need to drive with your cruise control on. The fact that you're saving money and that you're spending enough money that it makes a difference to you means that you're going to do it, right? You don't need anybody to make that a law, do you? Well, the thing that continuously amazes me is <laughs> I'm driving along at the speed limit now and... right. Most of the traffic is passing. Oh, yeah, they'll be whizzing by you. In fact, you need to watch your rearview mirror all the time, man, because that's a dangerous thing to do. Four-wheel drive pickup trucks that drive 75 miles an hour or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Listen, thanks for your call. I appreciate the input very much. I'm going to try to get one more caller in before we go to the break and then spend some more time on the national policy issues. So I want to go to Betty. I think you're in Cedar Hill. Thanks so much for calling. Glad to join you there. What's up? Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, my husband and I have switched vehicles. He okay. travels 20 miles one way for work, ah. and I travel seven. Gotcha. So, so you're I driving the gas guzzler. Yeah, and uh, I, as a matter of fact, we had changed and gotten a little SUV right before the prices started going up. Right. And so he now drives that and, and really I drive I, his truck. I bet you feel like because you had to do that, your your whole life has basically come to an end, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I miss the comfort of my little SUV. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how you go on from day to day. I really just don't know how you do it. Does, it, does this pickup even have air conditioning? Oh, yes, it yeah. does. But, of course, it's that a, consumes nice even more gas. So what are we going to do? Yeah. No, I, and also, th- yeah. I, my uh, two brothers and I are now working on trying to... 
carpool together to go see our mother in West Texas. Ah, see, now that's smart, too. I, I like that. And, and it changes your vacation plans. It changes the way you're going to get there. Listen, I first of all, Betty, just thanks for a great call. I just want to say to everybody who's called in with adjustments so far, we can make these adjustments. We'll make other adjustments. We'll learn to spend more, spend less based on what we want to do with our income. But uh, I don't think you want the government telling you where to spend it. Now, we're going to come back and talk about why all of this is important, especially in terms of national policy, in just a moment on Jerry Johnson Live. listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Now we have our gas and oil prices so high that we're making these major adjustments and we have some other callers on the line we're going to get to in just a couple of minutes who are also going to share with us what they're doing to have to adjust their lifestyles because the price of gas and oil. The reality is some adjustments are very minor and uh, not important to other people aside from just us, inconvenience of some kind. Other other adjustments are pretty major. Some people are having to change where they live, change their job, whatever. And so I understand some of the pressures are very high. It just depends on where you are in the economy right now, how much of a buffer you had to begin with. Do you just work a little bit more or do you have to go back to school and try to get an entirely different career going. So I understand it's different at different levels. And so uh, when you look at it as a nation, uh, there is a sense that something needs to change, that we're just riding too thin on the security of oil, and especially since so much of our oil comes from foreign sources. So uh, Bush is proposing that we, President Bush is proposing that we go out in the Gulf and we drill. We go up to Anwar and we drill, that we go to Montana and North, South Dakota, we drill, and we uh, work the oil shale in Colorado, and we find oil sources and develop it. And uh, Pickens is responding exactly the opposite way. Now, he's an oil man, so he's not an ignorant person. He's a smart person. He knows what he's talking about. There are some things about his plan that worry me, though. But his solution is uh, involving some things that also depend on this statement, that we can't drill our way out of it. The same thing we've heard coming from the environmentalist side for a while. We can't drill our way out of this. So some of these things are getting confused together. And I want to clarify some of that a little later in the program, if we can. Now, Here's the deal. When Obama responds to this, Senator Obama, who's running for president, responds to this, he confirms what Pickens says in the fact that we cannot drill our way out of it. In fact, he says it over and over. Listen to this. Offshore drilling would not lower gas prices today. It would not lower gas prices tomorrow. It would not lower gas prices this year. It would not lower gas prices five years from now. Uh, by the way, when I'm reading Obama's energy plan, let me just, I'm just going to read a bullet point directly from that plan. Dramatically improve energy efficiency to reduce energy intensity of our economy by 50% by 2030. Is that this year? Is that today? Is that tomorrow? Is that the next five years? Is that the next 10 years? Come on. Cut the rhetoric. If you, it, yeah, of course drilling is not going to produce oil tomorrow. But if you produce oil tomorrow or 10 years in the future, speculation about oil changes today. And that changes prices right now. And the price of oil and the availability of it does change in 10 years. And that's 12 years before we get to this 50% plan that Obama has. The other thing he says is reduce our dependency on foreign oil by 2030. He's got plans that are 22 years into the future and he's complaining about a plan that will take 10 years to get enacted. Okay, I'm a little disgusted with that. I didn't mean to sound so aggravated. The reality is 
is, though, we have to be more consistent in the things that we say. Now, before we get to McCain's uh, energy proposal and what it involves, I want to go to another caller. I think we have Nolan in Irving. Been waiting on the line for a good while, so I'm very grateful for your patience and just want to hear what you have to say about all this or what you've been adjusting. Yeah, well, I've adjusted by buying a Geo Metro and parking my pickup truck that gets 15 miles to the gallon. Bought a Geo Metro that gets 35 miles to the gallon. Hey, uh, now, now seriously, that's that's a pretty steep commitment because if you're driving a pickup truck, it's because you like a pickup truck. Yeah, so. it's a piece of junk car, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> but it saves the money. I'm saving 20 miles to the gallon. Well, we salute you. I, I salute you for having to make that sacrifice. There, hey, does it have air conditioning? Yeah, it does have air conditioning. You got a good got life then. I got it working, so. Oh, you had to get it working. Gotcha. Yeah, I had to get it working. All right, Nolan. Well, good for you. Glad you got it working. Glad you got the air conditioning going. And glad you made the sacrifice. But also glad you're just being smart about spending your own money. So I appreciate that. Uh, now, next caller, Krista uh, in Forney. I'm going to get to you before we get to the next cut from McCain. So I thank you so much for calling in from Forney. Love that community and glad to hear from you. What's on your mind? Well, I'm the mother of four. My husband um, works in the education, and I am a work, work in a nonprofit Christian organization, and it has affected uh, us greatly with sure. four children, not only in the gas prices, but in the food prices, too. Uh, eggs, milk, bread, cheese, things that you just normally have to have to feed four growing children right. has quadrupled our mm. the prices, and it is just devastating. We've had to cut out life, uh, life insurance, health insurance. Right. We don't go out to eat anymore. My poor New Yorker husband has had to let me drive his big Dodge pickup truck because it gets better gas mileage to work because I, I drive an hour and a half to work every day. Oh, my goodness. And it's just, it's killing us, the yeah. people who are really dedicated and, yeah. and want to raise good Christian right. children. Yeah. And my husband being so wonderful and working in the education right. system. Well, I tell you, I've been in the ministry for a lot of years, and, you know, if you live on the basis that you're just trying to serve and you're trying to give and you're trying to help and, you you, you know, you do make money, you have to make money in order to survive, but you're not doing it to make money, then you just don't build up the same kind of buffer that you would otherwise, and it's a little more difficult to make the adjustment. It sounds like that's what y'all are going through. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'm telling you, it, that that makes a huge difference. So thank yeah. you very much for the for the call. Anything else you've had to adjust that you wanted to share with us before? Well, one thing, we don't do vacations anymore because of, of the price. Of, so uh, we visit our, our swimming pool a lot. Wow. Um, and, you know, it just, we don't visit family. We don't visit friends. Mm-hmm. We have everybody come to our house. We do a lot of potlucks, which has is, is been very helpful and very fun. Yeah. And so we're having to get creative in yeah. how to entertain our children yeah. um, during the summertime. But you know what? I think it's brought us closer together yeah. in that aspect. That's so. that's. What I'm saying, vacations would be great, but you're not just covered up under a blanket in the middle of your living room crying and anticipating the next miserable, sad thing to come along. Yeah, you know, I just appreciate families like yours and appreciate the fact that you're making good out of it. So uh, thanks so much for that. Yeah, go ahead. Silver lining. I'm sorry, say it again. I said there's always a silver lining. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's up to the person who's looking at it to see it, though. So thank, thank you for being that way, Chris. I appreciate that call. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's do uh, McCain now because I want to get this in while we still can. Uh, Obama, uh, you know, has said uh, drilling is not going to solve the problem. Uh, McCain, in addressing the problem, has started to shift his stance a little bit and be more supportive of that. Listen to what he says. The broad federal moratorium stands in the way of energy exploration and production. 
Now, all that means is he's in favor of eliminating the broad strokes of this moratorium, which has kept us from drilling, a moratorium which has kept us from drilling and increasing the supplies, which would have reduced the cost today if we had not enacted the moratorium, but we did. Uh, we wonder why we're dependent on foreign sources. Why do you think people buy, not, forget people, why do you think corporations buy foreign oil? Do you think the heads of ExxonMobil get together and they say, oh, uh, let's make sure and buy some more from the Saudis because we want to make sure and maintain that regime. I really like that king. You know, I, I love supporting him. He's the guy I want to support. You think that's what they're doing? Or do you think they say, where do we get the cheapest oil? Where is it cheapest? And then they buy it from there. That's what a market does. So what do we expect to happen if we drive the cost of exploring and drilling and harvesting oil here through the roof with regulation and restriction? What do we think is going to happen? Of course, the price everywhere is going to go up. Around the world, it's going to go up. And we're going to be dependent on the oil that's coming from around the world. Anyway, there's McCain's view. Now, what you see, what you can see, obviously, is that Obama is siding with, Pick, with Pickens' original claims, which is we cannot drill our way out of this thing. And McCain is more siding with Bush. Now, I'm not saying he's taking Bush's position. Heaven forbid he should have to represent himself alongside George W. Bush, who's so unpopular and so on. But the reality is he is recognizing that in Increasing production can help the problem. It could even help right now because speculation in the markets has such a significant influence on the price right now. Now, those are the two things that are going on. In a minute, I want to talk more about what Pickens' plan is. And, uh, you know, I'm going to share with you my opinion about that plan. I think there's some problems with it. I love some of the elements of it. It's a really smart idea in some ways, but it needs to be done in a free market way. And what's being suggested isn't necessarily that. So we're going to come back to that in just a second. But first, I want to go to, I don't know, Linda, is that right? Do I want to, is Linda the next one? I want to be fair about this. Linda in Glen Ro- Jerry. Jerry, I'm sorry I put you off. You know, I kept, I've been off so long, I forgot to get back to the phones fast enough. So, Jerry, thanks for calling from Fort Worth. Glad to join you. Forgive my delay and share with us what's on your mind. I was about to say something that may, <laughs> may make me sound stupid. But if you want, if you want to stop all this uh, deal with these oil companies, uh-huh. if you will limit the uh, ability to the government uh, representatives to hold stock in them oil companies and buy stock (laughs) or at least limit how much they can own, you'll see the, the... interest in them oil companies go away well, you know, real the, quick. The deal is, you, you know, and Jerry, is this is this the main thing you wanted to share? Because the, I want to talk about this for a second, if that's it. Yeah, that, that's all I wanted to that, say. That's and a great... I, I drive a little car and, that's a, yeah. and a motorcycle, so all right. I'm, I'm doing what I can. All right, fair comment, and I appreciate it very much. And it's a fair criticism of government because we have a serious problem with conflicts of interest in our government. We have a serious problem with not regulating conflicts of interest because to maintain an even playing field, you can't have the same person making the rules who's profiting from the rules he makes. That just will not work. That's why we pay our congressmen so they won't have to take money from the corporations that are benefiting or suffering as a result of the legislation that they pass. So the reality is conflicts of interest are a serious problem, and uh, we don't need to buttress up an industry that doesn't need support, and we don't need to put under an industry that's providing the engine, the economic engine, for our country. I want to get one more caller in, Linda. Uh, (laughs) We're getting them in order now. Linda, glad to join you in Glen Rose. Also, love that community down there. Been down there quite a few times, so appreciate you calling in. Share with us what's going on with you because of all these high prices. Well, I've cut back on the gas because uh, I have a 20-mile commute. Hey, if you can turn your radio down, that'd probably help us out. There we go. Thanks. Thanks very much. But you cut down on your gas use. 
ride. I'm driving. I put my car on 55, and I put it on cruise, and I've uh, changed from like 30 miles uh, to the gallon to 40 just by doing that. Wow. That's yeah. that's pretty substantial. Uh, we eat out a lot less. Uh, we've cut back on our grocery bill by right. not buying so much junk food and okay. stuff like that. All right. We started recycling. All right. We're just making little adjustments where we can, wherever we can find a, a place yeah. And, and, and the truth is, it's not killing you. It's a little inconvenient, but it's not killing you, right? No, it takes me three more minutes to get to work driving at 55 versus driving at 70. Yeah, you know, that's a remarkable <laughs> truth. It doesn't change that much. You know, that, that, that that's true, too. Listen, I just want to say to everybody that's listening, and thanks for that call very much uh, from Glenn Rose. We appreciate you, Linda, calling. Uh, it, it, we can make these adjustments. We can make them in the free market. But we can also make some national adjustments in the free market by trusting the economy, by trusting the way the market works. I want to encourage you to hang on uh, for these things we're going to be talking about in the last segment today on Jerry Johnson Live. Criswell College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work and yourself through this convenient program through the Criswell College. It's Mac at Night. See criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. All right, we've been talking about the price of gas and how that affects individuals, the price of oil, and how that's affecting our nation. I want to make a little comment about the T. Boone Pickens plan that's out there right now for changing the economy. Uh, at the end of this segment, we're going to be doing that, squeezing that in. I want to get a couple of more callers in before we go straight to that because uh, I've appreciated hearing from people what they've been having to do to adjust their lives uh, because of the price of gas. But it's not an adjustment that means I've had to give up on America. I've had to uh, forfeit the value of money. It no longer means anything to me. None of that's the case because the market will handle this, and it handles it even in the little adjustments that we're making. Sometimes they're big adjustments, too. So first I want to go to Wichita Falls with Diane and say thanks so much for calling and for being so patient, and what's on your mind? Hi. Um, I'm a retired educator. All right. And I, I just got back from um, traveled in Greece, Turkey, and then Israel. Wow. We are crybabies. <laughs> uh, you know, you and Phil Graham are going to make John McCain look bad if you keep saying things well, like that. I just know what they were paying. And in, in Athens, Greece, there are motorcycles everywhere. And that's how they're coping with the higher gas prices, which are much higher than what we pay here. So I am a right. George... W. Bush fan, and nobody ever better talk bad about him in my presence. 
<laughs> I appreciate that call, Diane. Thanks for your opinion, and uh, also uh, thanks for the reminder that that and that is the truth for any of us who've traveled. We know it's a different ball game in other parts of the world, and the reality is, if we're going to be in an international economy, we had to acknowledge sometime that we were going to have to start praying, paying for our gas and oil. Well, we may start praying for it pretty soon too, but we're paying for it right now. All right, uh, next caller. Uh, let's see, uh, in Fort Worth, Wade. Thanks so much for calling and for being patient. What's on your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just uh, I've been listening here for a little bit, and I think that I think that the, there's a couple different ways of looking at it. Okay. And, and the way that I see that a lot of the the listeners have taken was to cut right. their lifestyle now, right, 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 instead of creating more. I mean, it, it, that's right. To me, it, it kind of is sad that we live in the United States where you can go out and make as much money as you as you make, and people want to cut back on their lifestyle. Right. And as being a Christian, I definitely don't think. But that's necessarily what, you know, you either let the, the situation control you or you take control of the situation. So so how am I affected? I'm going to go out and I'm going to make more money so that I have All right. control. All right. Now, see, I, I love this. I love this statement, man. Uh, it, just stay on the line for just a second, if you don't mind, because uh, it really is an important part of the question. Part of the, I mean, surely, just because of the economic benefit it brings to us, we can serve. So it helps me. You know, if I, if I know that I can spend $5 or I can spend $4 and I get exactly the same thing, then I spend 4 That That's fine. But the other side of it is, if I have to compromise something or give up something and I'm willing to do the work to earn the better product, well, then I can go out and earn some more money and get the better product. That's what you're talking about, right? Exactly, exactly. And I, I heard that one of the things that when they're talking about different foods going up in price, one of the one of the items that weren't that were unaffected that were being that weren't being bought less were that right. of organic because the wealthier people were unaffected uh-huh. by that. Interesting. And so why don't you yeah. know instead of complaining about hey, well that's the wealthy people, well right. we not all have the same opportunity to go out and create that wealth. You know, and I think some people listening might not get the importance of what you're saying because the reality is that when you choose not to be, as my producer was just reminding me, the sluggard that says there's a lion in the street, the gas prices are too high, I'll have to stay inside. When you choose not to be that person and you go out and you produce and you work, you're also buying products from people who then have a little more income to spend, and they buy products from other people who now have a little more income to spend, and the whole economy turns up instead of down when we start saying, let's go earn more. Let's go work more. I mean, it's as simple as that. Don't is, is, That's what you're getting at, right? Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm, that it, 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 it shouldn't cause people to go into, into bondage over over you know, over gas prices going up. Yeah, boy, you, you are exactly right. And we had a problem with this uh, back in the 70s. We had a gas problem. And uh, I'm just wondering if you're able to get to the Carter quotes, Larry. Are you able to do that? Because I want to remind everybody about this uh, this message that Carter gave uh, back in 1979 when he saw the writing on the wall. He probably wasn't going to be reelected. And uh, what I want to do, I just want you to hear his general attitude. And uh, this is called the malaise speech. <laughs> this is when he sort of put us into a mental recession. Listen to this. In little more than two decades, we've gone from a position of energy independence to one in which almost half the oil we use comes from foreign countries. This is 1979. At prices that are going through the roof, our excessive dependence on OPEC has already taken a tremendous toll on our economy and our people. This is the direct cause of the long lines which have made millions of you spend aggravating hours waiting for gasoline. It's a cause of the increased inflation and unemployment that we now face. This intolerable dependence on foreign oil 
threatens our economic independence and the very security of our nation. The energy crisis is real. It is worldwide. It is a clear and present danger to our nation. That was 1979 when he gave that speech, and the despair of the speech, and the, you should hear the rest of it. I mean, it's, the, the man was in a personal malaise when he gave the speech. I mean, he was desperate and obviously frustrated with Congress and incapable of finding a solution. And so, you know, now we have a solution that's being presented to us. And I just want to say, uh, when we focus on the malaise side of this, oh, no, we're going into a recession or a depression, and what are we going to do if we go into this recession? When we focus on that side, we do tend to pull back and miss the value of an economy that's driven by people who at this moment, when they're not able to buy what they want, when they're not able to solve their problems in the old system, at this moment they become creative entrepreneurs. And this is the time to drive that entrepreneurial spirit. This is the time to depend on that. You know, the T-Boom Pickens plan, and I want to talk about this more later. Maybe in another show we'll have the opportunity to do it. Maybe when we have T-Boom Pickens here himself. So the point is, uh, the Pickens plan involves developing wind and solar throughout our Midwest and then uh, d- diverting the natural gas that we use right now to produce, produce that electricity into the transportation sector using LNG cars and using that to eliminate our dependence on oil overall and especially on oil imports. My problem with it is not that we shouldn't use solar. Sure, if it's, if it's economically viable, do it. Use solar if it's economically viable. That's fine. But let the free market do it. Don't say to everybody, you have to get on board with this plan or it's not going to work. You say to everybody, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. And he has done this. I respect him for this. He's building a, a wind array out there. But you say, I'm going to do this. And if you have a different plan, you try your plan. And you know what? The one that works, let it stand. The one that produces the energy the best, let it stand. Why do I say all of that? Because I'm guaranteeing you those who would take our freedoms away are always inclined to do so, not out of evil, not out of a desire for evil, but out of a natural desire to control more and more and to solve more and more problems. And if we're not aware of areas like this, where the wall is cracked or the door is open or the window is just slightly ajar, then that toxic gas of control is going to creep in. we got to keep them all shut tight. We've got to say we want our freedom and we're not going to compromise it for anything. And you know where that desire for freedom comes from? I'm guaranteeing you look back through the Middle Ages into the Enlightenment and that desire for freedom comes from respect for human beings that grows up in a Christian worldview. That's the worldview we hold on Jerry Johnson Live. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.